All right, that's enough scary shit. I'm choosing the next movie. I don't even like slashers. Dan, let's not get hasty. Yeah, I don't think we want to piss off the presence, whatever the hell that is. Maybe we could do Black Christmas or Silent Night, Deadly Night? I want to do Christmas Vacation. That's not scary, is it? It was for the Griswold's neighbors. I don't give a flying reindeer. I'm watching it. This is acceptable. Ugh, did I just burp? Welcome to another episode of Strangers in the Alps, a slasher podcast. I'm Dan. I'm Cousin Travis. I'm Sam. And I'm Frank. Still. If any of you are looking for any last-minute gift ideas for me, I have one. I like Frank Shirley, my boss, right here tonight. I want him brought from his happy holiday slumber over there in Melody Lane with all the other rich people. And I want him brought right here with a big ribbon on his head. And I want to look him straight in the eye, and I want to tell him what a cheap, lying, no-good, rotten, four-flushing, low-life, snake-licking, dirt-eating, inbred, overstuffed, ignorant, blood-sucking, dog-kissing, brainless, dickless, hopeless, heartless, fat-ass, bug-eyed, stiff-legged, spotty-lipped, worm-headed sack of monkey shit he is. Hallelujah! Holy shit! Where's the Tylenol? And that, folks is Christmas Vacation, our next movie. I was convinced the audio clip was going to be the, <laughs> was gonna be the, oh yeah, you turn on a microwave and I pass out for 15 minutes. <laughs> I thought it was gonna be that. So, we just watched Christmas Vacation. Dan, is that a DVD? So the back of the DVD says, this holiday season, Clark Griswold vows his clan will enjoy the most fun-filled family Christmas ever. Before you can sing fa-la-la-la-la, he decks the halls with howls of folly in his personal favorite National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. And that's what we just watched. So, did you say clan? I did say clan. Triggers me. <laughs> so, so, okay. So, going around... I'm not, I'm certainly not going to start. Go ahead. So clearly this is our first time doing a podcast in general and we're adapting to new things. I would like to suggest a mild vacation from what we've been doing, which was our initial thoughts. I would like to suggest talking about what we thought the movie would be like, how we perceived the film. Yeah. And then. Oh, you mean before you saw it? Like, what did you think it was going to be like? Yes. What you think it would be like. And then at the end, we'll recap with our final thoughts after we had watched the film. I think we should take a vacation because it's Christmas. And let's do that. I'm going to have to recuse myself from that because I've seen the movie so many times. But I actually had never seen this movie until last year. This was my second viewing. I did. I know we joke around about this a lot on the podcast. I actually did own the VHS tape when I was a kid, but I never saw it. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> it was always just sitting there in my living room. Um, but we actually did have, oh no, I had it on DVD too because it turned out as a gag gift. My brother got it for someone and every year we'd hide it in people's stockings. But um, I had never seen it. I don't know, it was just never in my rotation. Growing up for the holiday films, I watched a lot of Gremlins, Christmas Story, Die Hard. I don't know, I just never seen Christmas Vacation up until you told me to watch it last year. And um, yeah, so those are my initial thoughts. I didn't know what to expect. To be completely honest, I've never been a big Chevy Chase fan. I think that's kind of why I stayed away from the movie. But um, yeah, those are my initial thoughts. My initial thoughts, I mentioned in the last podcast really briefly that I wasn't much of a holiday movie kind of person. So I'm going to be honest with you, Dan. Please don't kick me out. It's cold out there. I was dreading watching this film because <laughs> I didn't know how I would take it. But um, so, yeah, I, 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 I was dreading it. That was it. I didn't have any hate towards it. I was just for my own personal liking. I just wasn't looking forward to it. I didn't know what to expect uh, one way or another. I've never seen any of the National Lampoon films. I've heard about Christmas Vacation, but I don't know a thing about it. So just going into it, I was more curious than anything. I didn't think I'd hate it. I didn't think I'd love it. I just thought I'd be lukewarm on it. Like like lukewarm milk that you leave out for Santa. God damn it, Travis, not again. Speaking of that, Dan, what did you think? You know, I did not see this movie in the theater when it first came out. I It's funny. It was a movie that completely went by me. And um, a few years after that, a, a really good friend of ours was talking about it and I said well I never saw it and she was like are you kidding me so she brought it over I think it was probably a VHS at that time brought it over to our house and we watched it like on Thanksgiving and uh, so that was my first introduction to the movie I was also not really familiar with the the vacation series I think this was the third of them I think yeah I think it was I think it was vacation European vacation than Christmas, Christmas Vacation. So I had not, I think I'd seen parts of Vacation, like on TV. I'd never seen European Vacation. And I had not seen this movie. And uh, agreeing with all of you, I have never been a big Chevy Chase guy. I was never one to follow his movies. You don't chase him? So I, <laughs> no, I don't. So it was never a movie I was really intrigued to see. So that's, you know. But having said that, I've, uh, that movie's been a part of our family tradition for many years i guess that would tip off something wouldn't it i i have um two suggestions is there a mute button for travis i'm not i'm here the whole time and also next time we need to do a video recording and just set a camera by my face and just do a cut the response to, travis yeah. jokes cam yeah the sam cam yeah <laughs> the sam, sam cam, cam. I'm going to point out, Sam, I like in your notes on your iPad, it's written like a Christmas letter. You have the cursive writing, mm -hmm. you have the Christmas lights. Mm -hmm. You um, just gave away my rating. Not rating. I don't know your rating. I just saw the lights. I didn't know I was supposed to count them. Ooh, can I, can I start? Sure. Absolutely. I'm sure you guys have noticed this, and I want to bring it up. You and I were talking about it briefly. Um, if you guys did listen to our Krampus episode, I just want to... A reference did you guys catch any of those references from krampus i feel like they kind of made it an homage to this film retroactively yeah 
right? Yeah. I'm not the only one. I actually talked about that last on the Krampus episode. A lot of Christmas vacation mm-hmm. in that movie. A lot. Yeah, like for me, the, the one scene that just stuck out immediately, um, because like I said, I didn't see Krampus in years. When I saw Christmas Vacation for the first time last year was the scene when the in-laws are arriving. Yes. And the, it was shaking. Yes. That reminded me. I was like, okay. I, I was like, there's Cousin Eddie. Mm-hmm. No, no. There's a, a lot of Christmas Vacation. Yeah, that chaotic feeling. Yeah. <laughs> but what tipped me off really was when they would um, use the calendar as a way to tell what days oh, they were. Oh, that's so that a good... tipped me off. Sure. Yeah. Sure. I, 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 I felt a strong parallel to Christmas. I mean, it had to. Krampus had to be knowing what they were doing with Christmas Vacation, for sure. Dan, I'm sorry, your chair's squeaking. No, it's not my chair. It's my, oh. old, it's my old knees. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm just so excited. I can't sit sorry. still. We watched, I would say from the time my kids were probably five to seven years old, we watched this movie either on Thanksgiving evening or on Christmas Eve. Every year. I can tell you for sure I've seen this movie probably 30 times. Oh, my God. Now, we skipped a year every now and then because I just couldn't watch it anymore. So was it, <laughs> I mean, you're just ahead of every joke. Was it that? I mean, it's like... Was it that that year you couldn't find the VHS tape? Yeah, because I probably <laughs> hit it. But no, no. It's been a, it's, this movie's been a big part of my, our family's holiday tradition. It, it, you talk about your, your rotation movie... This is the very front of the rotation list. Absolutely. This never left. It never rotated. It's it just stayed. 100% at the front of the list. And, you know, it's interesting. I just saw a thing today or heard a thing on the radio. They were doing the, uh, the most popular Christmas movies. Christmas Vacation is now the most watched Christmas movie. It is considered the most popular Christmas movie. What's interesting about that, too, is, is like I said, I, I, I didn't see this a lot growing up, um, was... Because me, it was it, the Christmas film that I watched and repeat over and over again was always a Christmas story. That was always my thing. Every year, I think TBS did the 24 hours of a Christmas story, I think on TBS. And now what I noticed was the other day when I was watching TV was now they were showing Christmas Vacation on a 24-hour loop. Oh, wow. Yeah. The difference is, I mean, Christmas Story is a very sweet very charming movie, very sentimental. It does have some humor in it, but it definitely lacks the edge of Christmas Vacation. It absolutely lacks the chaos and the, you know, the some of the crudeness, I guess if you want to say there's definitely crude humor in it. Christmas Story has none of that. I find Christmas Story to be actually kind of boring, honestly. Sidelining, um, Clark's character... Reminds me of Roger Garland a lot. I don't know if you, if was that ever part of like your approach to Garland, having him in mind? Just that whole like. Probably clueless? without knowing it, right? Because I've seen the movie so many times. But you're right. There's a there's a wholesome squareness to to Clark, right? He's like he's he wants everything to be right, but he, he just is a he kind of screws the, things up without the meaning to. Tree, the Christmas tree was the one that that really made me think of Roger Garland because he was like dead set on this really gorgeous tree. But we all know it was way too big for... Dad, that's not going to fit in our front yard. And he's like, we'll do it. And then it's, it's just kind of like... not going to be in our front yard, Rusty. It's <laughs> going to be in our living room. There's a lot of, there's a lot of sap in this. <laughs> oh, the sap scene where they're yeah. turning mm-hmm. the pages and the hair. And... Mm-hmm. For those who don't know, you can check out Roger Garland on our YouTube page, Satellite 12. You can watch all of Roger Garland's ads. 
So did you think that was your approach when you were thinking of doing Roger Garland? Did it ever pop into your mind of this character? Well, I mean, even even when we talk about like Roger Garland, like sometimes when we like we like I'm very serious. I'm like, okay, Dan, for this take and Roger Garland, I want that Roger Garland charm. I think in a part of me too, I was always kind of channeling the like the the Clark Griswold, the traditional. I want this to be a family tradition. I mean, I mean, the basic premise of the movie is what it's 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 the dad who wants to create the perfect Christmas. He's been inviting everybody. He's even being warned by his wife. You don't want to do this, Clark. It's not going to work out. He's like, no, honey, I, I think this would be great. And then you watch it completely unravel and every disaster take place till you get to the, the climax from that clip that we played where he just flips out because he got the Fruit of the Month Club or Jelly of the Month Club when he thought he was going to get the big Christmas bonus to put the swimming pool in for the family. He's a family guy. Why, why do you buy a swimming pool when you don't have the money and you're like, oh, this is going to be my bonus, everyone. I'm going to buy, I don't know. That, that kind of stuck out to me. I was like, that's not believable. I was like, come on, Clark. That's what him, you that's him dreaming smart. big. That's it's his, not that's his smart character. at all. He was able to invent new cereal like that like doesn't make the milk soggy or something. Right, which is, I think, the weakest part of the movie, honestly, is the thing where he puts it on, a, on his sled and flies down the mountainside. I thought it was just kind of corny. Not corny, uh, slapstick. There was a comforting simplicity to the movie. Uh, w- growing up, we've never had a Christmas movie. We we're not the type of family to to do like one Christmas movie. We did have a Christmas movie for a couple years, like three years. We did Resident Evil. Appropriate for two years. Our Thanksgiving movie was Planet of the Apes. You know, we're, we don't have holiday family traditions in that traditional sense so growing like i still haven't seen a christmas story i'll be honest oh, i same. still haven't seen it same. it's a story about christmas god damn it um no, no but speaking of traditional I, I'm not, I think i think in this part of my family unknowingly we were too traditional in the sense where for whatever reason like growing up i like to watch a lot of zombie movies i noticed I don't know. For every time we would be eating ribs, there would be a zombie movie on TV. <laughs> and my mom pointed out one time, she goes, why do we always eat ribs when there's zombie movies? I don't know. I think that's a little too traditional right there. Wow. <laughs> but, but going back to what Dan said about the franticness, one thing that I really did like about this film was kind of the way... I really like the staging, the the blocking a lot, and I like the way it was shot. Um, I think it's very much the way it uses its reaction shots, like the scene when <laughs> when Clark is at the when they're at the department store and he's talking he's talking to the the underwear the underwear saleswoman. Yes. And then he's like, "See, Rusty, there's no lines." And then it just cuts to his reaction, his eyes, and then I don't know. I just love that. Um, I, I, and then I even like too when he's in the attic. And he's getting hit by the boards. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, in a very sense, I don't know. Like, I can't really There's just something about the way that the movie's cut. I think it's shot really like a comedy. Yeah. I mean, it, it really holds true to being a comedy. Like you're saying, the reaction shots. But it, it really milks everything it can 
out of every comedic moment it can find. Like the, like the scene like up in the attic, and then we cut to like in the boards, but then we cut to him wearing his like mom's like fur and her hat, and watching his old, you know, silent movie, uh, the, the clips of his childhood, and he's and he's sort of tearing up and crying, but then he falls through the 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 the, uh, the ceiling. It, it really plays up every aspect. It, it it really rings out every moment it can. For every every bit, it's a lot of bits. Go ahead. Yeah, it feels it feels like classic filmmaking in a lot in a lot of ways, and obviously it was it's a classic now, but it it, it kind of feels like the filmmaking version of comfort food. Oh, it's just, I agree. It's yes. really cozy. It's really comfortable, and that's something I wasn't expecting when I started it. But from the opening musical number, I started you know seeing what it was doing. I was like, oh. Okay, I know what kind of movie we're going to get. Okay, that's cool. And it really pulled me in. It was I wasn't dreading it like you were, Sam, but there was a an uncertainty that made me I I guess almost it kind of I kept the film at arm's length going in. And when I started, it broke through that and I was able to actually enjoy it. Yeah. You know, it's funny. That opening sequence, that animated sequence at the beginning with Santa Claus and just the self-destruction, I, I, it, it, it so sets up the movie so well. And you don't get that anymore. You never get those animated openings. But also, you know exactly what kind of movie you're getting into by watching Santa Claus basically be, you know, like a Looney Tune thing, like getting like in self-destruction, you know, getting electrocuted, everything going wrong. <laughs> That's a total parallel of what you're really going to be watching in the movie. That whole attic scene was um, no dialogue, right? No. If I'm, I was really, I really liked that because it explained a lot. Clearly, it set up his childhood and how he missed all of that. Right. So I really enjoyed that part for sure. Um, and the slapstick part of it, I, I, I didn't know much about vacation going in. So um, finding out that it's more like kind of like a slapstick comedy, I really enjoyed that. So I was pleasantly surprised with um, that whole comedy part. There is a lot of slapstick in the movie, but it's also blended with a lot of sentimentality, mm-hmm. a lot of Christmas sentimentality, for, for better or worse. And I think some of that, they get away with some of that because of the slapstick. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the Christmas dinner scene where the turkey, like, you know, completely deflates, you know, because she cooked it for so long. You know, all, all of those scenes. I love when he's like, you know, hey, kids, I heard that Santa Claus is flying over so-and-so. And then, you know, Eddie's like, are you serious, Clark? And speaking of which, that's a character I really want to talk a little bit about, and I'm sure we do, but let's play this little clip to lead us into Cousin Eddie. He's cute, ain't he? Only problem is he's got a little bit of Mississippi leg hound in him. If the mood catches him right, he'll grab your leg and just go to town. <laughs> you don't want him around if you wear his short pants, if you know what I mean. <laughs> a word of warning, though, if he does lay into you, it's best to just let him finish. One of my favorite scenes. After the movie, uh, he actually, his character leaves and goes to live in the desert and gets abducted by aliens. <laughs> and then he, <laughs> in Independence Day. And no, that's actually not, no, actually, Randy Quaid in real life did just a little loony. Oh. A little. <laughs> Randy Quaid. <laughs> Definition of Looney. Oh yeah, he is. Look up Looney. His definitely <laughs> right his pictures in the in the dictionary. Right Great character though. I thought I thought just a really funny. 
Yeah, I mean, great just, lines. Great and, lines. And, and, and the great lines, like the one that always gets me every single time, is when he's like, "Shitter's full." <laughs> <laughs> I love when he when he uh, Chevy Chase wants to say, "Hey, we're gonna get your kids a nice Christmas." Oh no, you don't have to do that. No, no, you can tell us what they want, or we're gonna buy it anyway. And then he pulls out the he pulls out the list, <laughs> and then he says to Chevy Chase, "And I want you to you know, get yourself something real nice." No, cousin, cousin Eddie, um, <laughs> Frank and Tim. I don't know. Did you know they actually have a Christmas vacation too? No. It's yeah. There's look it up. You got we're we actually get great Wi-Fi in this cabin. Um, no, it was a it was a sequel that was a spinoff of Cousin Eddie. He got his own film. I think it bombed like horribly. I didn't even know this was part of like. Um, there were other two. There were two other ones before this one. I didn't even know that. They are, but it's interesting because I think every film, Rusty is played by a different actor. Rusty and... Really? Uh, R- Rusty and the daughter. Right. I mean, the daughter in this one was played Juliet by... Juliette Lewis. Being, Wait, they were different? Pre-Juliette Lewis being Juliette Lewis. The rock star. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The vacation had a different set of uh, uh, boys, a, boy, a daughter and son. So it was vacation, European vacation, Christmas vacation, I think Las Vegas, Vegas vacation, vacation or Vegas vacation. But was it always Chevy Chase? Yes. Yeah, it was Chevy always... Chase and Beverly yeah. D'Angelo. Mm. That was Beverly D'Angelo. There you go. The it wife. was also in previous episode, Violent Night. Right. Good recall. <laughs> Total recall. I, I barely, like, going into it, I knew to look out for her. And when she popped up, I was like looking at her face and looking and looking and oh there she is i i i, I don't connect the two like no. you said in the previous one it was a lot of work you're right i wouldn't yeah, side by side, like i wouldn't see anything 35 year difference in time yeah but, but good for her do what she likes but i just couldn't no, see it yeah, magic? Right she was so she was really beautiful and you know in her in her younger days um <clears throat> this it's funny because i we watched this movie so many years with, with my kids growing up. And one of the scenes that I find so random and just like, wow, what, what's going on, is the squirrel scene. My kids would laugh their butts off every year watching that scene. Just the squirrel popping out of the Christmas tree and chasing them all over the house. And I just thought it was like... Wow. Although I love the scene, but who's the uh, the uncle, the old uncle, when he lights his cigar, <laughs> and all of a sudden you see the tree go. Yeah, yeah, my my favorite scene with the uncle too is probably the scene where where it's like where Juliet Lewis is like, Grandpa, he worked really hard on that, and is like, so do washing machines. <laughs> I think my favorite part was when he was um, when. Clark was looking at the out the window when he was just daydreaming about the pool. Oh, and this cute, yeah. wholesome scene, and then out comes the saleswoman from the department store. And he's, he's like, like, "Whoop!" Double hands on the window, <laughs> just lost in thought. And then what's it? The sun that comes uh, out, no, right? It's, uh, it's uh, one of Eddie's oh, kids. Oh, right, right. That part was funny to me. Yeah. No lines. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the movie's loaded with great sort of one-liners, great single moments of of yeah. of comedy. Um, it always surprises me when I see it, though, that it, is, it, it actually does tell a story. It, it, it actually, like Christmas or don't like Christmas or like sentimentality of Christmas, it's, it's loaded with that, right up to the bitter end, you know, when they, you know, even, even the FBI crashing through the windows and, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure, Dan, like, I'm sure you even get your own, like, you kind of get your inter- interpretation of the film because, I guess, like, 
you having kids, being a father and stuff, I mean, like, do you see, like, do you find yourself, like, relating with Clark's character at all? At the end of the day, do you ever find yourself just trying to start, like, like you have your moments in life that you just kind of wanted to share with your kids or start your own traditions? Yes. And it's not just me. It would be me and my wife, Joni, and my yeah. kids. We always had... A, a, a tradition Christmas uh, Thanksgiving Christmas Halloween our family was full of holiday tradition so we would tend to well this is how we do it because it's our tradition and sometimes we would like maybe one or myself say yeah why don't we change things up but that's not the no we do it this way because it's that's part of the the joy and warmth of the of this moment of this season is that this is how we do it so yeah to answer your question absolutely and, and I think there's a lot to relate in that movie with that same thing. Because all the things he's trying to do, all the traditional things he's trying to do, is what blows up and doesn't work out and is where a lot of the humor uh, uh, comes out of. Yeah, even... No, that, that's good. Like, I, like there's a scene... I'm sorry to interrupt. You know the scene in, in the kitchen when he's like cleaning up all the trash and his dad comes in and they have that conversation like, Dad, how did you do this? You know, all these years, and he was saying, "Well, I had a lot of help from Jack Daniels," <laughs> but <laughs> it's, but it's just that's that whole idea of you know, this is, you, you want things to work a certain way when you want that sort of that warm, whenever that happened, like maybe in your youth, whenever you had that warm, wonderful Christmas, and you're trying to repeat that, you know, you're trying to make that happen with your kids and with your family, and you know, doesn't always work out. But you're always trying to achieve that. Yeah, because I think with my family, the one tradition that we always kept every Christmas, we always try and do, is, it, and we didn't even like realize it until we got a little older, was that ours was always buying the Christmas tree together. Yes. And decorating it. Yes. Like, I remember one year, we didn't really coordinate it yet, and we were like, and my brother was calling me, he was like, oh, what are we going to do with the tree? How are we going to do it? And it just really hit me then. I was like... That's why it doesn't feel like Christmas. Like, we haven't done the tree yet. And just us getting together, putting the ornaments on the tree, I don't know, that always meant a lot to me growing up, and it's just always a tradition that I would like to just keep going on. <laughs> um, right, absolutely. So I'm just going to go around. I I'll start. Um, if there are any parts of, of the movie that you, like, what, if you had, like, a favorite part of the movie, and then we can go around and talk about something maybe that we didn't think really worked. Uh, I, I would start that the, the one part of the movie that I always love every year when I, I watch it is when he's putting up the Christmas lights. The whole sequence of stapling the lights, getting it stuck on his wrist or on his sleeve, moving the ladder back. Because I put up the lights at my house, and I'm telling you, I've done some Clark Griswold stuff up there. You know, like when you're all of a sudden grabbing, 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 and you're not quite sure how to and, make this work. And that probably explains why a lot of families just leave them up year-round. <laughs> <laughs> you know, did, I don't know if you knew, though, there was a, a few years ago, somebody put a, got, got like a, a mannequin or a body and had it hanging off. Oh, and they called the police. <laughs> and they, they, the police, several times, yeah. and the police finally made them take it down because so many people were driving by and calling. Oh, my gosh, there's a guy hanging off. <laughs> it was some tummy. Anyway, that's, that, I love that part. I think the part that I always, well, having only seen the film twice, I always just, my favorite scene is probably the opening when they're driving to get the Christmas tree. Um, I think that scene explains every single character. Uh, it explains that Clark is just trying to be 
the traditional family guy. You know right away, okay, he, he wants to start – I'm talking in circles. He wants to be the guy that wants to start a tradition with the family every year going out to get the tree. So you're kind of thinking – did he? Is this the first year they're ever doing this? <laughs> Suddenly he's like, hey, kids, we're going to do this, and we're going to pretend that we've been doing this every year. Because even the daughter, Juliet Lewis, is like, most people go to the stores. <laughs> <laughs> and then when the whole scene, when they're then walking there, and then Juliet Lewis is complaining, and then, and then the, the, the wife's like, oh, yeah, Clark, uh, she's completely frozen from the bottom down. And then I forget the line, but they have the line where she smiles. Uh, Dan, do you know the line? Tell about the, when they're looking at the tree? Yeah. I, I, I'm trying to remember what Juliet Lewis's character's name was in, in the movie. But, yes, he's there, they're all looking at the tree, and he's like, isn't it beautiful? He says, it's all right, Clark, her eyes are frozen open. <laughs> yeah. she'll, she'll see it later. Yeah, even that, <laughs> and even, like, I don't know, just, like, like the scene where they're really... Well, the, then you cut to the scene where you see the car driving down the highway, oh, yeah. and it's got the tree no, on. No, no, it's like, it's like hey, Clark... How are we gonna, did you bring a saw, Dad? Yeah, and, and that <laughs> explains so much about the character, just visually, where it's like, oh, did you bring the saw? And you get the reaction shot, and it just immediately cuts to the car. You see the tree on there then the car goes and you see the soil <laughs> with, like the roots and even that with him just trying to keep it together is even when they're driving to get the tree and like the kind of the truck behind them keeps tailgating him and he goes look kids a squirrel and then, <laughs> no look kids a deer and then he like flips off the driver oh and the car going <laughs> yeah. under the truck yeah, yeah, and yeah, being yeah. stuck under the that's a great I shot i just think it's a great great opening to a film um it explains everything about every character and you know exactly what you're in for with the film that's true for me, it's something very simple. It's when um, he was in the office and then all the executives were marching up and they were walking by and he just kept... The Starkey part of him, that's what I love, when he was like, kiss my ass. I love that so much. And it much. just changed with every person that walked by and got more aggressive. I thought it was really funny. Mm -hmm. that, was, that was my favorite part. Hilarious. I'm going to have to go disagree with you. With, and then with my least favorite, it was the part where he was putting up the Christmas tree. That's okay. Because it was kind of like... God, it's common sense. Like you just stapled your sleeve. <laughs> Do you see what you're doing? Kind of like, kind of like what a, a wife would do. You know. That that that's you know. That's woman. <laughs> that, that's Clark. That's Clark Garland. I mean, uh, Clark Griswold. Right. And that's, that's what Roger Garland. Yeah. For and that's sure. also yeah. what reminded me of Garland. I'm just like your sleeve got caught. Like, and then the latter part is just kind of like you just. Just be careful. <laughs> Again, you can go on YouTube, Satellite 12, Roch Roger Garland at his finest. Roch Roger Garland. Watch, Watch those Roger, Roger, Roger Garland, Garland videos, man. My favorite part was when Clark went on that tirade at the end, naming everything that he ever wanted to say to Mr. Shirley. Great. I loved it. You can't be serious. And then he ends with, where's the Tylenol? <laughs> great. Yeah, it's great stuff um, for sure. I will also give... A notable mention to when he comes after they bring the tree, when he comes out decked out as uh, Jason with the hockey mask. Oh, yeah. That was so cool. Oh, the right. opening. Right. I right. love right. that. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to put that, Griswold. I was talking Bend to your wife. Bend over and I'll show you. <laughs> no, so uh, now that we've kind of said our favorite parts, did this feel like a John Hughes film at all? Wasn't he an executive he wrote, producer? He wrote the film. He wrote oh, the script. Okay. He did not direct it, but no, he I did write it. Name. Well, because I guess I, what I read into a little bit is that this was based off of like a short story that he had written that I think was published for a magazine or like a journal and then they the, and then I think the studio hired him to write a Christmas film he didn't end up directing it but just me thinking like and it's not even like a bad thing and I don't think it's a great thing either it's just kind of a neutral feeling is it doesn't feel like a John Hughes film not at all at all no not at all 
I was surprised when I saw his name in the credits. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Just so, hear those sleigh bells ringing, tingling, too. Least favorite part was the opening dialogue. It felt super expositiony. It was like, "Hey, Dad, where are we going? We're going to get the Christmas tree." You know, like I said we would 10 minutes ago, but I have to mention it again to set up the movie. Well, all, I, all great openings set up the movie entirely. <laughs> yeah, in the first, like, three lines of dialogue, it was just... So, the opening credits start. Great, I'm into it. The first lines pulled me back out a little bit, but then it pulled me back in with the, uh, with the whole tailgating situation. That was hilarious. Just those first few lines, I wasn't sure what was going to happen. I was like, oh, no, is this going to be an obnoxious movie? Especially with the singing. Yeah. Because, like, I like cheer. I like sentimentality in doses when it's, you know, when it's appropriate, which is almost never. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it was obnoxious for, like, two seconds. Mm -hmm. Least favorite part. Oh, my gosh. I'm so angry. I like sentimentality when it's infused heavily in comedy. You know, when when they throw you some sementality and then they f- flip it real fast and throw a joke at you. Um, that's where I can handle it. And I think that's why this movie works so well for me. It's hard for me to do a least favorite part because for me, the whole movie just kind of works. So my, I, I already think I mentioned my least favorite part, meaning my I think the least important part of the movie is when they do that whole slapstick sled thing where he puts that product on the bottom of the sled and just goes ripping down the mountain and ends up in a Walmart, I think, at the end or something like that. But I do like the line that Cousin Eddie says. Because you want to try it? He goes, well, Clark, I'd like to, but this whole plate in my head, if that thing gets bent, it's going to mess up the part in my hair. So. <laughs> yeah, I, myself, I, I don't know if I have a least favorite part either. I think as a, I think... The whole film works. I, I think it has very, very quick pacing. Um, I was watching the film, and I think I had to pause it, and I was like, oh, I'm already like 40 minutes into this. Um, I think it's good. I mean, if I have to be nitpicky, least favorite part is when he says he's going to buy his pool in advance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the only part that kind of was like. Eh. It's kind of an important plot point. It seems to drive <laughs> the story a little bit, but I agree. It is weird that he was drops a like eight thousand dollar down payment without them actually having yeah, the money ma- to cover maybe, it. Maybe, <laughs> maybe that, and maybe Julia Louis Dreyfus's character. Like it was kind of funny in the beginning a little bit when they were destroying the house. But I get. I think there was. Two, I like her. I think she's a great actress. But I think some of her scenes when they just kept cutting, I was like, I, I don't know if we really need it this. It seems that's the one thing about. I'm glad you brought that up. That's the one thing about the movie the neighbors that doesn't play anymore because that that didn't that doesn't have a timeless feel to it at the time when the movie came out they were the dinkwas double income no children that's what they called those people so they weren't they were the non-family you know we're just super rich but we're not having they were making fun of those people of that that sort of that was a whole sort of group at that time and that was definitely taking a shot at those they were sort of the opposite of the family people. I just now got that joke in Doug. Sorry. The cartoon where their, uh, where their neighbor is named Mr. Dink or Dinklebergs. Mm. I just the now. double income, yeah, the no dinks. children. I just now got that joke. We need to do a segment, sorry, of when Travis recalls really random Much shows, movies. I'm just, That's it. 
I'm just going to have to lay down for a second the fact that you just quoted Doug. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone, everyone's final thoughts on the film? Oh, yeah. Wait, 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 wait. I just got to say, uh, I really like the uh, the use of the Advent calendar yes. as a delineator of time. It It's fitting for the movie, but it's also like a really gorgeous Advent calendar. I looked it up after the movie was over to see if I could buy one. Apparently... For a full size one, you have to custom order them, and it's several thousand dollars. Oh my gosh. They're collector's like, items. Oh, like woodwork and all that stuff, too, yeah. and paint. And I'm kind of considering getting one. Don't do it. Please? No. Fine. But what you should do is like this podcast, like our channel, and subscribe. Do we have final thoughts? Um, No, we're done. I think some of my final thoughts I think we kind of all set them A little bit we can go Is my final thoughts um, I, I've only, oh, I keep saying this Having seen this film twice now um, I, I really enjoyed it I think it really works um, Growing up it was never part of my rotation I saw a lot of um, Die Hard, Christmas Story Home Alone I owned it on VHS, and I didn't get around to watching it until last year. I really liked it. Um, I will give it, out of five, I'll make, I keep giving this to every movie. I will probably give it, no, I'm going to do a little more. I will give it 4.5 shitters out of five. <laughs> four and a half shitters out of five? That's not bad. Wait, four and a half? Four and, four and a half shitters. shitters. Wow. That's a lot of shit. shit? I, sh- I, I can't say think, that. Like I said, I, I, <laughs> Sam's parents, that was uh, me. That was, that was mm-hmm, me. Mm-hmm. That uh, was so me. I think, I think this film really works. I, I think it's really enjoyable. Has a lot of great liners, great characters. Cousin Eddie is worth the price of admission alone. I agree. Um, for me, my final thought, I, I really enjoyed it as well. Um, I watch a lot of not so... Um, uplift not uplifting but like more positive movies so having this was definitely a good um, outlet for me so I really enjoyed that and then I even though the slapstick part and I brought it up before even though it's small I really gravitated towards that because I grew up watching like Naked Gun and uh, Police Academy so having that was kind of nostalgic for me Um, so overall even though I dreaded watching it I I appreciated you um, recommending it I would never have seen it if you didn't bring it up. So thank you for that. You're welcome. <laughs> Sam, uh, Sam texted me. Is it National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your rating? I give it three diving boards out of five. Nice. Nice. Uh, I really liked it. It was a classic. It is a classic. Uh, I appreciate it for that. Like I said before, it's like comfort food. It reminds me of the movies that I grew up watching, even though I'd never seen it before. It just, it has that classic filmmaking feel to it. You know, that old school, you know, this is how a movie's made. This is how we edit a movie. This is how a movie's lit. This is how the dialogue goes. And I really appreciated it for that. It was also really funny. Like you, I don't really care for Chevy Chase too much. None of us do. Yeah, <laughs> some, yeah I, I, I some, agree. Like some of that car acting he did at the beginning not too big of a fan of it really took you out huh yeah i don't know <laughs> something about really like opening your eyes really wide oh like he, he did, did that, that a lot. lot yeah and it was kind of annoying me yeah okay am, am i the only one here who would say uh i'm not big chevy chase fan too i never liked him that much in caddyshack 
He was in Caddyshack? Yeah, I don't know. Like, for me, I, I feel like a lot of films he starred in, like, I was never big on Fletch. Um, I only really like Chevy Chase maybe in th this vacation film, Christmas Vacation. And I know a lot of people don't like it. I'm going to say Spies Like Us. I do like Spies yeah, Like Us, I, I, but I think this is my favorite Chevy Chase movie, I don't for like, sure. I don't like Chevy Chase in anything else. Community is pretty funny in. The first, like, season, and then afterwards, it kind of just goes downhill yeah. from there. Overall, yeah. I I like it. Oh, it yeah, won't go rating? into my what's rotation. What's your rating? Uh, I would give it four snobby neighbors out of five. Nice. Wow. Can I change my item really quick? Sure. From diving board to bikinis. Okay. No, I like that. I think... It's clear that I really like this movie. Um, for me, it's my favorite Christmas movie, holiday movie. Um, I've probably seen it way too many times. So like a great album that you've just listened to so much that you can't really listen to it anymore, even though you still appreciate and love it. I, I think I need to take a few years off from Christmas vacation so I can forget some of the jokes and go, oh, I forgot that. That's really funny. You need a vacation from vacation. I do. I do. But I do love it. I think it's a, I think it's a classic. Um, and I'm really glad that we picked this movie to all watch and chat about and honor the holidays. And I give it, I'm going to say four and a half eggnogs out of five. Nice, I think it's nice. solid. If you took out that uh, racing sled scene, I might make it five out of five. Yeah, that racist sled scene was really jarring. That really jarring and random and unnecessary. But Birth anyway, of a Christmas story. So, uh, we are Strangers in the Alps, a slasher podcast. You can find us on YouTube, Spotify, iHeart, iHeartRadio, Apple. Twitter, no, not Twitter. Apple, TikTok, Live Journal. You can find us on <laughs> My Zanga. Space Music. Um, yeah, find us. You can find Travis on the corner of Sapporo um, Boulevard and Victory you, most mornings at 8 a.m. If you enjoyed this episode, you might want to check out some of our other episodes where we talk about actual slasher films. You can also go on our YouTube page and you can check out our Roger Garland videos. We have Dan Davis as our co-host here, who plays Roger Garland. Enjoy some very, very funny videos and next week dan what are we talking about next week now we've done that one no uh, that one's no good that sucks the movie next week is okay it's, it's christmas evil it's christmas evil oh christmas we're, evil. we're done now the That's very it. first video's over the very first killer santa claus movie Ooh. And not last. Can't wait. If you like this podcast, please, please leave a review. Please like this video. Please share this video. Please tell your friends to like this video and share this video and give us a review. You can do it with your friends, neighbors, enemies. I'm Dan. I'm Travis Griswold. I'm Sam. And that's Frank. And we are strangers in the Alps. Alps, 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 Alps. A slasher podcast. Goodbye. Uh, we'll give it to Frank because I always mess this one up. No, no, no. We'll keep it to you. Okay. I like so it when you again, mess it up. Again, we are 
Stranger in the Alps. Strangers. Strangers. There's four of us. We are Strangers in the Alps, a slasher (laughs) podcast. We are Strangers in the Alps, a slasher podcast. One One Alps. One One Stranger, one Alps. Yeah, two two, two Strangers, one Alps.